Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Erminta, and Matthias. Hello, welcome to a new episode of the FI Europe podcast. And today it's a special episode because it's the first episode of a new format we, was, we were thinking about for a long time. And this is about talking a topic you care about. And it's a little bit shorter than our other episodes we publish on Tuesday. And it's without a guest, just us, uh, the hosts or co-hosts, um, talking um, about a topic or answering community questions. So we would like to call the episodes community episodes. Normally, we aim for publishing them on, on Friday, um, every Friday or maybe every second Friday. We're not sure about it. And today we have somebody with us in our podcast who who will also be uh, frequently here. It's Michael. And uh, Michael comes from Ireland and that's everything I know. So please, Michael, <laughs> introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah. Hi, uh, guys. So you may have uh, heard me a few episodes back when I interviewed with Alva. And I guess I, I, I was so excited to be on the show that um, they've invited me to be a regular guest, which is fantastic. I'm actually originally from New Zealand, but I've been living in Ireland now for almost 10 years and I'm on my own financial independence journey, I guess, like, um, like everybody here. But um, yeah, I'm thrilled to be on the show. Thanks. And today we have a topic and it's all about bonds. Uh, we would like not to go too deep, but we um, would like to, to cover the most important things about bonds. And we have some expert within our team uh, who really knows about bonds and that's Alva. Hi guys, no expert, just finance geek, but go on Matthias. Yeah, what's the difference? And I would like to kick it off and start with one question. So what are bonds again for those who are not familiar with it? Good question. Let's get started with that. So effectively, a bond is nothing more than a loan you make towards company, government, entity or whatever saying, I will loan you this amount of money and you pay me interest over this over a certain period. So say effectively, I will loan a thousand US dollars to US government for five years. The US government will say, hey, Alvar, I will pay you uh, 3% interest every single year over that. And at the end of the loan period of five years, when the loans uh, or the bond in this case matures, I'll pay you the entire principal back at once. Sometimes it's all principal and all interest at once or interest over time per year. And then the principal paid in the end. And that's effectively a bond. Wow. So it sounds like to me, it's just like a loan, is it? Or is it slightly different from that? Are they traded? How does that kind of work from that, that point of view? Very good question. Effectively, bonds, some bonds are private, some are traded. But for loads of public companies, government entities, etc., you can actually sell them, buy them, trade them, see them go up in value, etc., and go from there. That's the fun part about bonds, because a loan obviously has a certain value linked to it. Um, you pay an amount a month, and that's it, yay. Bond actually can go up in value, but also go down in value based on what the markets and investors are willing to pay for it. So there's an, another underlying risk linked to it uh, that's well, different than an actual loan. Excellent. So it sounds a little bit like the peer-to-peer -peer lending secondary market. Is that kind of the equivalent? So I guess if you get into the bond, you've got it for three years, you could hold it for three years, you'll get your interest. At the end of the period, you get your principal back, I assume, plus whatever interest you've had. Otherwise, you've got the option to sell it before the three years if you wanted to. Is that fair to say? Uh, I like the comparison with peer-to-peer. -peer. <laughs> um, that is, would be conceived as pretty risky peer-to-peer -peer often. Uh, but bonds, uh, in, in essence, yes. It is a tradable security. 
there's an underlying value, which is the loan, the promise that somebody will pay you back this certain amount of money with interest on given moments. Um, so yes, indeed. I like the comparison, actually. Uh, let's see if the peer-to-peer market will also develop towards those uh, routes. Um, and I also actually have one question for you guys. Have any of you ever invested in bonds at all yourself? I didn't, um, but I had some bonds in the 19th, um, German bonds. Uh, my father bought them for me and they had a pretty good interest rate. Um, but I always looked into I, I looked into it sometimes, but I just have seen the returns and said, oh, why should I bother with it? Because I'm in my younger age, like uh, 25. I, when I was 25, I looked into it, but also now. And it's still uh, low returns. I know that there are some high um, high return bonds. Maybe we cover that later. But there's also a downside. And what I really don't like is is that uh, I have this interest rate, but I have also the the valuation of the bonds, and that's yeah, that's inconvenient because you don't know how much it's worth, and I don't know how to how to judge um, if it can if it goes up or down. In for stocks, I kind of know how to. Uh, how to do my research, but here I have a gap of knowledge. Um, how, how how do I know what's the worth of Italian bonds in five years? You know, also a very fair point. But does it actually matter what the value of the bond is, as long as you simply lend to a reliable party, they pay you back over time, bond matures, you get your principal back and go from there? Does it truly matter if the value goes up to eighty or to fifty in between? Mm, very good, Elva. And that's I think that's quite the exciting part because you basically commit to that interest rate, you know what you're getting, and then you just you just hold it, right? So unless you're going to get into the industry of trading bonds, it actually is uh, kind of irrelevant what happens. And I know that the price of the bond changes based on, I guess, new interest rates coming out and, and changes in those interest rates. So, you know, there's that side of it, but at least you know you've got your out eventually once that, um, that loan ends. And I think my thought on it is this: is Warren Buffett, uh, Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett rec- recommended a book. He calls it the Investing Bible, called The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham. And I actually started reading that book. It was originally written in the 1970s or, or late 1960s, and it's amazing back back in the old days, so to speak, how much of the portfolio recommendation was in bonds. Like they were recommending at least 50% of it in bonds, whereas these days, you know, 2019, we're almost almost programmed to say you should almost be 100% in in, uh, in equities. So, you know, I guess the question I have is where do you see bonds being in a portfolio in, in the modern era? And what sort of pushed you to go into bonds? Is it is it because of a bit of risk adversity or do you just feel like it's a good balance for your portfolio? Very fair question. And I think we also have to make the point that actually back in the 1960s, 70s, 80s, bonds were yielding anywhere from like, for up to 12, 13% yields annually. And uh, with those returns, it makes way more sense to actually be in bonds nowadays. Um, you know, the actual A-class graded bonds, talking like uh, treasury bonds from Germany, Netherlands, UK, um, well, the US up to a certain extent, uh, they pay almost nothing or even negative yields. So why even bother putting your money in there? That's, that's a point a lot of people make. Um, so from my point of view, I think that makes complete sense if you are, um, well, actually in my case, in the accumulation phase. I'm still accumulating assets, um, something that generates 1% annually. There's not much of a point actually owning that. So why do I still invest in bonds? I do not buy the specific low, uh, well, the high class bonds that pay you uh, 0.05 or a negative uh, 1%. Where I invest in at this very moment, 
is actually bond funds. I own one specific one called the Royal London Sterling Extra Yield Bond Fund, which is effectively a fund that invests in bonds of uh, intermediate level ones. So we're talking corporate bonds slash uh, bonds with not the highest possible rating as an AA, but still of a decent level, invest in those and effectively pays me the dividend and takes a cut themselves. So this actual bond fund pays me 6.1 on an annual basis. Um, I pay 0.4 as a charge for that fund. And that return um, is paid out as a dividend. And I hold that within a tax advantage account within the UK. So I pay zero tax over whatever I get paid dividend wise, um, which is effectively pocket uh, debt. And at this very moment with the high valuations in the market and me uh, sitting on a lot of cash, but also the part I have a lot of pounds and I kind of need to find a good way of still getting a return while the pound valuation is, apologies, while the pound valuation is extremely low. And I already have the max in cash I want to have had that. So that's kind of my take why I've bought into this bond fund. It's an interesting experiment for me at the same time. And besides that, I still hold two um, positions within bonds. Uh, one is Greek bonds, which will probably freak out many people. Um, yes, I have bought Greek uh, bonds uh, years and years back uh, when the actual country was almost about to go bankrupt and uh, the value of them was effectively nothing. I bought them up because the yield was insanely high. And I thought if I lose a couple hundred euro or a couple thousand actually uh, altogether over the entire investment horizon, I'm happy that given the risk that comes with it. And up to this very point, um, those bonds have easily paid themselves triple uh, back in terms of returns. And uh, a number of them have matured by now. A number of them are still running. And most recently, Turkish bonds. So in 2018, after Turkey did some things that, well, let's not discuss the political side, but anyway, the Turkish currency, the lira, dropped like crazy against the euro and the pound, which made it extremely cheap for me to buy up Turkish bonds, where at the same time, it dropped in value enormously because investors lost faith in the Turkish economy. So I bought up a number of Turkish bonds. Is that risky? Yes, most definitely. But again, same as the big situation. I thought it was worth um, the risk given the potential returns. And again, disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor. This is a risk tolerance I'm personally happy with. But it's not necessarily uh, good for everybody. And we'll talk later on what it would mean actually for the typical fine investor. Where do bonds work best for you and your portfolio? But Michael, I hope that kind of answers the question. Yeah, I'm, I'm extremely excited by the fact that you've bought some of these bonds. I, I've always got a saying that when there's blood on the streets, that's when you need to be buying assets, right? So the fact that you've done the Greek ones and then you've gone to Turkey, you've seen some political crisis there and you've also picked, uh, picked some bonds up there is great. And like, what's the typical rate of return on those bonds? If you, I mean, if you, if you know off the top of your head, just, just so we kind of have an indication versus, versus buying equities. Very fair question. Um, so the Greek ones, we're talking 25% annually. And the Turkish one on top of my head, 15 to 16% annually. And yeah, so those yields are obviously extremely high and they're not typical for bonds because the bond fund I mentioned early, earlier, are Royal on um, Sterling Extra Yield. Anyway, so they yield after expenses 5.6 annually dividend wise and usually dividend bond funds like of the A graded countries will get you like one ish percent go to like towards a bond ETF. And you might get uh, something like 2.53-ish if you're lucky, uh, if you go for like a globally diversified one. And just for a reference point, um, all major providers, BlackRock, Vanguard, iShares, Fidelity, they all will offer similar, uh, effectively worldwide bond funds. 
simply Google them. You'll, you'll find them and they'll have like a minimal charge. Um, I'm really talking anywhere between like 0.9-ish to like 0.22 to my knowledge. If I run a quick Google on all the funds uh, they uh, offer as like the uh, broad providers, they're not expensive, but again, low returns. I, um, I see the pattern that you always buy when there's a crisis some, <laughs> somewhere. Um, that's really good. You could also do that with stocks, but uh, it's interesting that it also works with uh, um, bonds, actually. Uh, would you buy Turkish bonds right now? Because I've seen that they're also releasing new bonds in, in, in dollar. Or where would you buy right now? Where do you see opportunity in, in the bonds At this very moment, I am not actively accumulating any extra bonds uh, myself personally, um, as in I've got my current holdings and I'm not adding extra. And the Greek and Turkey situation were just literally examples I came by um, and uh, based on the situation assessed, it wasn't worth for me doing it. Uh, I'm not actively searching or investing for any more bond opportunities right now. If I come across one, I'll judge it and assess it and see if it's worth it. But For now, my total bond allocation within my portfolio is extremely low and mine are more kind of like high risk investments in terms of bonds I've made. But from, in terms of my total portfolio, it is a pretty low percentage. So right now, um, if you truly ask me, you want to invest in bonds, where do you go? For the average investor, just buy yourself a bond ETF and give it uh, like a certain allocation where you're comfortable within your portfolio. Go for that. And If you truly, like, for example, if you're from the US and you still want to get a decent yield, get yourself a treasury uh, bond, which is still not much. But again, it's still 1.8. It's fairly stable and go from there. Yeah, I mean, my take on it, Elver, is I, I think you were kind of hit the nail on the head when you started buying bonds when everybody else was running to the hills, right? So in many ways, you could just look at the, the current opportunities out there and, and where there are crises, right? So like right now, we've got the Hong Kong problems. You know, have a look at some of the bond yields in Hong Kong and see what's going on. The nice thing about investing in governments is if you look at governments compared to, say, peer-to-peer -peer lending, you're much more likely to get your money back from the Turkish government than you are some guy in Romania somewhere who's just got a payday loan, right? So if you actually look at that from a pure risk-on, risk-off um, analysis, you're far better in putting your money in a government than you would be in some individual who, you know, wanted to buy a BMW. Most definitely. And again, that's also how the actual yield and value are defined. The, um, the possibility or the chance that the person, the borrower, you actually, or the person actually uh, pays you the money back, that that principle, the relation between borrower and lender, that they will pay you back uh, in time, in full, that's in essence uh, where it's about. And I think one last thing that's very good to call for, uh, I briefly mentioned it, but as the typical FI investor, I think we roughly have three stages, you know, starting out and like really just, you know, getting to know whole world of fine the accumulation phase if you're like 10 15 years or whatever in uh that, that whole period and actually when you're nearing the end when you're almost done and you want to go for more stability those three phases i'm just quickly curious guys on all what we've heard today let's all cover one phase and kind of think what would be the best uh bond allocation for a typical fine investor in that situation so i'll get started with um well effectively just you know literally starting out If you start out right now uh, with actually being interested in FI and wanting to invest, I would personally not um, invest in any bonds unless you have an extremely good inside knowledge from on a certain country and a, a nice, interesting return. But 100% equity allocation um, just makes more sense from my point of view. And yeah, I would go for that personally myself. 
And Michael, I'm curious, what would you do as uh, somebody who's like in the accumulation phase, still investing heavily? Would you buy any bonds at all? You know, for me, it's all about cash flow, right? So I look at my portfolio all about cash flow, and it's getting that regular cash flow. And if you can get guaranteed cash flow, then that's great. So while equities are great for building your capital, the problem is you can wait a long time until you actually start seeing some of that money. So for me now, I quite like the thought of investing in a high-risk bond yeah, you know, some say, you know, in terms of it's with a government, but you've at least got that cash flow coming in because typically what, how, how often is the interest paid? Is it, is it only paid at the end of the loan period? I think you mentioned it depends, but like for your Greek and Turkish bonds, are they paying you on a quarterly basis or how does that work? Oh, they pay annually, but very fair call. Actually, some of them pay quarterly, but it just depends on what kind of bonds you buy. It can go anywhere from monthly, quarterly or annually and companies tend to pay quarterly, um, countries tend to pay annually, uh, but it can really depends on the kind of bond and how it's set up. What you mentioned, actually, from a cash flow perspective, it can make far more sense to go for the monthly or quarterly ones. So you can make use of the actual compounding, um, the compounding effect, being able to reinvest. Just uh, remind me of that good point. And I'm just curious, at the very last, Matthias, what's your take? I'm pretty much I'm in the middle of my thirties, and uh, I'm I'm still more uh, also like Michael looking to what kind of cash flow does an investment provide, and that's why I'm not currently not looking into it. I would say I'm what I would do is looking into the high yield ones, but um, yeah, I consider like when I'm when I'm getting fifty, I would consider to um, increase the percentage of of um, stable bonds in in my portfolio. Uh, because I don't want to have this uh, that much volatility. Yeah, right now more I would look into the higher yield ones, but and maybe also in the US ones. Um, and later on, I would just go for a bond ETF um, and increase the percentage in my portfolio. Just one questions uh, regarding the US bonds. Can you buy it as a EU citizen? And how would you do that? What's the easiest way? Going to um, open interactive broker account and buy them there? Or how would you do that? Either? Yes, exactly. Um, obviously, you have to have an actual US dollar allocation within your portfolio and option to trade. But most big providers will offer you um, the opportunity to buy. And right now, the rate is, I believe, standing at 1.7 or 1.8 or something. In a year back, it used to be 3%. So it's, again, if you have any dollar cash reserves, it is quite a nice way to just to stack it up and leave it there and wait a bit if you have to wait it out. And I think actually think uh, that's a nice way of uh, slowly finishing up the episode. Um, so, guys, I found this an interesting take. Let's do this once more every single week. Michael, Matthias, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having us, guys. Thank you very much, Alba. Hey, Matthias, do you think there are no financial independence Facebook groups yet? Yes, there's definitely a shortage in financial independence Facebook groups. That's why we want to create another one. And the real reason is that we want to get some feedback on our episodes to have a conversation with our listeners, um, to follow on the topics. And you might also have some questions around our content. Gotcha. And also, we've been talking with more of you guys at meetups, on Reddit, in Facebook groups, the Fire Europe retreat, obviously, we organized. And this is, in the end, the main reason why we started the whole podcast project to talk to guys like you, uh, learn more from you, case studies, answer questions, and like hopefully all grow and learn from that together in the end and become stronger, smarter, and hopefully also richer people. So, you know, Matthias, say I'm interested in this. Where do I find this Facebook group? Yeah, just go to your Facebook app and type in FI Europe Podcast or just click in our show notes. There's a link for the Facebook group or go to our website. There's also a link. So yeah, just type in FI Europe Podcast. See you in the group. 
Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing through your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.